Hello and welcome. This is the first episode of the Flash and Batman podcast. This is hopefully going to be a bi-monthly podcast looking at DC Comics uh, books, Rebirth issues, The Flash and Batman, starting out with Rebirth and moving forward in those two books. Uh, my name is Tony. I'm Aaron. And we were going to do some introductions real quick, and I thought a really interesting way to do introductions would be kind of looking at our top five favorite superheroes of mine and Aaron's, and kind of just feeling out where we come from with that, too. So do you want to start with us? Sure, I'll start. Um, top five would be Batman. In order. In order. It'd be Batman, Flash, Daredevil, Spider-Man, and Superman. And I got my start in comics was actually reading The Death of Superman, that first issue. That very first issue? Yep. That was my very first issue. You probably were like, shit, they killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, oh, also, the thing I was going to forget, um, neither of us are tech whizzes. We were both humanities in our undergrad, so we're not going to be editing this a lot. So this is going to be very much off the cuff, and if we drop in the occasional swear word, um, I'm not going to edit that out because it's probably annoying and I don't want to do it. So, fair enough? Fair enough. Okay. My top five favorite heroes, in order, Barry Allen, The Flash, Superman, Wally West, uh, Batman, and then Spider-Man. Right there, your top five is wrong. Batman should be way, way higher. Way higher? Way higher. What What Flash was that that you listed, though? That would be Barry. Okay, because I mean, like, there's like four technical. If you want to count some of the future Flashes, then there's even yeah, more. Yeah, they don't even count. There's like seven. They don't count. <laughs> I'll inform them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got my background mostly um, when my dad uh, cleaned out like his uh, storage unit a long, long time ago when I was probably eight or something. Uh, my grandpa had a big old shed and he collected like my dad's old comic books from his adult, from his childhood. So I got those and that's where I first started reading a lot. And my dad was a big Marvel fan, so mostly I just read Marvel. It was actually my grandfather who had a couple DC books scattered in there. And actually, my favorite comic book even to this day that was where I first got it and I've actually gone on to buy it like two or three times more just so I have a good copy because it didn't have a cover on it or anything um, I started buying comic books um, probably not that long afterwards and I started with the John Burns run I collected the volumes not the individual issues it's hard when you're a kid to collect the individual issues because you're begging your parents buy me a comic book buy me a comic book and it's easier to get them the biographic novel because it's more of a book and you get more issues for more bang for your buck, I guess. Because um, now, you know, you can buy a $50 single back book and you, and you can't swing that when you're 8 or 10. Some of those books nowadays are like $100. Yeah, and some. Individual. There's no way an 8 year old No. That. So I would get the graphic novels. I started getting like the singles um, around 2006 when All Star Superman came out. I started reading that and Green Lantern after Rebirth. I don't remember what volume that is, but that's when I started getting them individually and singly buying them. So I have um, uh, All-Star Superman floating around somewhere in my office and the Green Lantern run. And I actually remember they had a um, uh, Etrigan run by John Byrne. I remember that because I started getting it because it was John Byrne. I wouldn't have gotten it if it wasn't John Byrne. I, I like Etrigan, but, you know. Uh, the other thing I was going to throw out there is, who are your favorite minor heroes? Not even, you can just think of them off the top of your head. They don't have to be anyone's in particular. I'll go first. I like Etrigan. 
I like the Atom. And I have a thing for Booster Gold. I think he's funny. I like his backstory. I have never read anything about Booster Gold. He's, I think he's fun. <laughs> I'd suggest some. Uh, minor heroes for me would probably be, be Batwoman. The um, Kate Kane version. Um... I can't think of anything else off the top of my head right now. Okay. No, none right now. Who's your favorite villain? Favorite villain? That's an easy one. Joker. Is it going to be the Joker? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I have a favorite villain. Oh, Reverse Flash. Eobard Thawne. Yeah. Easy. Peasy. Um, so next we're going to look at Rebirth. Um, Rebirth, you know, um, as most people who probably read comic books, um, it's the latest in a long line of DC comics just kind of going, stop, reset continue um, although this time it's kind of a sort of stop gap kind of sort of restart it's a soft reboot it's a soft reboot yeah and it doesn't necessarily reboot most of the characters it kind of kills off a few brings some more back but do you want to start us off by what actually is in rebirth so rebirth is written by Jeff Johns he's awesome he's awesome we have a nice nickname for him <laughs> yes <laughs> call him the big swinging dick Move out of the way when Jeff Johns comes through. That's what he does. He just kind of sweeps. And, you know, with Rebirth, he kind of did the same thing with Rebirth Green Lantern and Rebirth Flash, kind of restarting the characters back to their roots. Yeah, it seems like whatever he wants to do, he just kind of got to get out of the way. Yeah, and this time, he's doing it to the entire DC universe. Yes. So, And then it has multiple artists in it. And so what it really How do, many artists does it have in it? I think it has eight, if I remember right off the top of my head. Damn. And it's a big 80-page book, and when it first came out, it was a nice value. It was $2.99. Now, if you, you probably can't find it anymore except for the reprints, and that's going to cost you $5.99. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what that was, is it's it's dealing with Wally West, who had been dead. It was the old Flash. The old Flash. The third Flash. The third Flash, and this version of Wally West had been dead. He wasn't in the New 52. No. So he's trapped in the Speed Force, and he's trying to get out, and he has knowledge that 10 years of, the super, of, of history has been erased from the lives of the DC Universe. And he's trying to get out to warn people, but no one remembers who he is. And what it's really doing is it, it's, it's, a, it's a reset for the universe where it introduces either new characters or reintroduces old characters, and it, in a new way that they're doing it, and that new way is more in line with the pre-New 52 continuity than within the New 52. I think it's also fair to say that Rebirth kind of is an attempt by DC to boost sales, if we're being cynical. Yes, because they were having dropping. Yeah, so this isn't just something they did because they thought it sounded like a, a hoot. It was something to kind of... And there was some controversy in the New 52 over how some characters were depicted. Starfire was the big controversial character, pretty much when they were doing that. They really sexualized her character. Prior to the new, prior to the new 52, it was she was she. There was still there was sexuality with her, but it was where she, since she was an alien, it wasn't as in your face. It was more of she didn't quite the character didn't quite understand Earth, Earth customs and yeah. culture. So it yeah that kind of caused a little bit of an issue. But now this one it's it's really in your face in the new 52, and that caused a large kind of backlash. What was it? Red Hood and the Outlaws? Yeah, it was Red Hood and the Outlaws where that happens. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I should mention for Rebirth is it's very Batman and Flash have oriented. Yes. It's their relation. They're the ones investigating this 10-year gap. 
who is you know who 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 did this? What happened? Um, so they're investigating the pen. Yeah. So the they back. find so Batman finds this pen in the Batcave and it's the smiley face pen. And the way the um, the comic actually starts, it starts out with an allusion to the to the Watchmen series by Alan Moore, where you have the clocks and you have a, someone and a voiceover talking, where talking about how this character's uncle gave him a watch and the watch ended up stopping and it's an illusion how time has stopped for the heroes and how they've lost that time and you've learned that that character is Wally West and he's trapped in the speed horse and he's trying to get out to warn everyone and the first person he approaches is Batman because he believes that Bat Batman would be the one person who could understand what's going on because he's the world's greatest detective if anyone's going to understand it it's him mm -hmm. but the problem is no one recognizes Wally so he then goes to um, let's see I think it was Iris um, he goes to he never no he goes, never goes to Iris he never, never goes, goes to Iris. Iris it's Linda Park uh, his old wife and mother of his two children um, his twins and he goes to uh, is there anybody else he goes to Johnny Quick Johnny Quick the old Justice League Johnny Society. Quick yeah I he, like that that was, a, that was a character and a group of characters that had been erased from the continuity and they're now kind of bringing them back that was a shame when they didn't bring those in the 52. But it was their idea that they wanted Superman to be the first hero. Yes. So you kind of had to cut everything have, that, yeah. that happened in the timeline prior to that. Yeah. And that's why Alan Scott takes place in another universe. He's in yes. Earth 2 rather than the regular Earth. But the uh, thing, he goes to Barry, and Barry's actually the one who pulls him in pulls and nice. remembers him. It's really a big emotional scene because at this point Wally has already went to everyone and no one really remembers him, even his wife. He gave up. He gave up. He had given up. And he goes to Barry and he says he's thanking Barry for everything Barry's ever done with him, for giving him hope, giving him purpose in life. And it's this big emotional well, scene. Being a father figure. Being a father because he really didn't have one. Yeah, in the in the old Wally books, Rudy West, I think is what his dad's name was, was a con artist and kind of a dick. So and his mother was also she used him for his money. Wally West won the lottery. So he won like uh, $7 million or something. And he lived big. And she blew all his money away when he was fighting in another dimension or something. I forget. Back when $7 million was Yeah, it was in the like 80s, <laughs> late 80s. I don't know. I could probably live by, well, you know. Yeah, I could live off of $7 million back then. I was like, oh, it's like a hundred and something million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can buy a enormous house in a, in a great part of town. And That's what he did. Yeah, and so he never had a father figure, so he really he gravitated towards Barry being a father figure rather than Rudy. And he's finally fading, and right at the end of it he's finally fading off, and he's saying goodbye, and Barry recognizes him. And is the person who finally remembers him yeah. and grabs him and pulls him out of the Speed Force before he becomes completely part of the Speed Force. Yeah. Kind of brings a tear to your eye. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, how does the book end? So the book ends with with Batman finding that pen with the uh -huh. blood drop on it. That's is an allusion to um, Doctor Manhattan from yeah. The Watchmen. I, I I don't I don't exactly know where they're going with this. I and, don't either. And here's the thing: this is it, it. really feels like Jeff Johns kind of threw this out into the DC world and then said, "There you go. I'm off to TV land and movie land," because he's now co-president and he's no longer writing. So it's this isn't a story he's going to finish. 
it's a story somebody else is going to finish. Yes, it's also kind of what they did when they when they started New Fifty Two because they mashed in like Stormwatch and and Stormwatch I, is cool. Yeah, but they mashed that in into uh -huh. the continuity with the with the normal DC universe. So yeah, kind of doing it the same way with the Watchmen. And how you really know that it's Doctor Manhattan is on the cover of the of the book. You see a hand, a blue hand coming out and like a finger pointing towards it and the other superheroes are reaching in it. It's kind of like what Michelangelo did on the Sistine Natural. So they're kind of doing Manhattan, as, Manhattan God. as a godlike character because he removes 10 years. And uh, we actually do get to see Dr. Manhattan interact with the universe in the book. He kills um, Pandora. Pandora, yeah. Because apparently she's the one. Now, it should be noted that Pandora, I believe, in the New 52... Uh, universe isn't she a god? She is. She, she, they originally she was the one who was claimed to have caused. Yeah. The the, the new fifty two because she pops up in every whatever, yeah. she pops up in every first issue somewhere when they, the new fifty two was. It was fun trying to find her in all of them. Yes. Did you ever do that? No, but I never took I, the time. I I found her in four. I found her in Action Superman, Batman, and Flash. I cheated on Flash. I actually had to look it up. Like where is Pandora in Flash? Because she's in, like, like, just in the background, in the crowd. Yeah, most, that's where it was most of the time. Yeah. Um, but she, he he does, like, the Rorschach evaporates, evaporates her. Just, yeah, she's just gone. You just see that blue light. And she's yeah, just she's gone. just gone. And what do you think of the idea of joining Manhattan? I think they've set them up to fail, to tell you the truth. Because I don't think there's a real way you can end this that's... A, actually has meaning and the reason why I say that is doc Dr. Manhattan is so powerful that you can't kill him. I don't know how you'd kill him. I think the only way they're going to do it is kind of like uh, you know I never read the old Fantastic Four from like ages ago I read like more modern ones but I always I used to ask my dad like how did they get Galactus to leave you know and he would often tell me you know Dr. Richards would explain to him like that it was a bad idea to kill everybody on Earth. And I think that's kind of what they're going to have to do with Dr. Manhattan, is like, sit him down and go, this is a bad idea. Whatever they do, it's going to be convoluted. I it think. is. And it's, I don't think it's going to be, you're going to look at it and go, really? And you're going to go, huh? I really feel like it's using a nuclear weapon to kill an ant. If they wanted to bring Wally back, they could have done that. Yes. And the other controversial thing with Rebirth was getting rid of the New 52 Superman and bringing back this classic Superman. They could... They could that entire event is independent of Rebirth. Yeah, it happens in his own book. Yeah, it happens in his own book. Superman dies. It's a, its own story arc. It's. But I'm okay with that they brought the pre... I'm fine with that, too. I actually like that character better. I'm fine with that, too, and I like the character better, and I like John. But I just think if... It's, you know, bringing in Dr. Manhattan doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, I don't see why it was it, necessary. Let's think about it for a minute. How on earth did that little pen get transmitted through through dimensions into the Batcave? It's called comic book logic. It's called comic book logic, yes. It's called Jeff Johns just wanted to make it happen, so it does. Yes. It doesn't make sense. I'm not try I, I try to cram as much common sense in these books as I, I can. I do, too. I do. <laughs> you got to, because you're Sometimes Batman. you just have to shake your head at Yeah, it. like, oh, why'd you do this? So... Well, the other thing we should note in the Rebirth before we go on is that it also introduces new characters in it, too, because it introduces, like, the Gotham. Adam. It introduces Gotham, who's going to show up in Batman when we start getting into the, the Batman series. It, it introduces the Adam. It introduces the new Adam, yeah. Uh, the, the new the, Blue Beetle. The, it introduces two of the Adams. That's true. The um, It introduces uh, 
Uh, Palmer. Yeah, Palmer and uh, Cho. 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 Yeah, I believe. I, I I'm drawing a blank. I just know Palmer. Um, those are always the books I've been reading the most on the Atom. Um, but Blue Beetle, um, Gotham. I think that's it. Off the top of my head. Off the top of my head, that's all I can think of too. Yeah. So if you had to think of it, what do you think? One to ten, including art. Uh, what your overall judgment of the book? I'd give it a five. Five. I'm gonna give it a three. You know, and most of that's because of the Wally scene. I just, I, I like I said, I just one. The other thing to mention, it's 80 pages. Yes. It's a big book. It's convoluted, and it's all from Wally's perspective, and it's just him talking, and popping in intermittently these new characters. Is it a good start point for um, new readers, do you think? I don't think you'd have background. I don't think you have enough background to jump into it there because you're getting a lot thrown at you. Like, you didn't know who Johnny Quick was. Yeah. You don't know if you didn't know who uh, the Blue Beetle previously or the Atom. Particularly Johnny Quick. He hasn't been in the books in years that I'm aware of. Yeah, neither. Me either. Um, the other thing is, is it sets up this idea, too, that it's playing with a character that if you're coming straight into comic books, you don't know who Dr. Manhattan is. Yeah. If you don't have the knowledge of Watchmen. True enough. I think Dr. Manhattan... I like Dr. Manhattan and the Watchmen and that book. It's a great book. But I think... I just don't think... I don't... It's oil and water. I don't think the two should mix. I don't think it's a good idea. I think it kind of... It lessens both. I would agree with that. I, the reason why I give it a five is I like the Wally scene that's really good with that's the Wally good. and Barry, and then the actually the art throughout it is it's solid. But you get that Wally image in the next book we're going to talk about. Yeah, you're going to get it too, but you get the solid artwork, even though it's eight writers, it looks almost seamless yeah. on the way they do it. Usually when you have multiple writers, uh, not writers, artists, artists you can yeah. tell when one stops, and it's hard on this. You have to really look. Yeah. So our, the next book, we got Rebirth out of the way which is a mammoth, and this is just kind of our going sore part. We're going to look at uh, Rebirth Flash, and I have it right here, so I'm just going to bring it up, but um, it's essentially Barry Allen 101. If you were taking a college course on Barry Allen, and you're like, what are we doing here? It's everything you want to... It, it starts off, they're at a crime scene, it's very similar to how his mother died, it looks unsolved, it's, you know, he shows up, he's tired, and the important thing is, going forward, is that he's having these visions. And he's having visions of Bear, of Wally. He's having visions of the next supervillain, who you don't know yet, so I'm not going to mention his name because we don't know who he is. Um, you see Eobar Thawne again. Um, and I, I'm presuming these are visions of the future that we are going to see. We, we, we do see the next villain who they show. So I'm assuming Eobard Thawne's going to come back. It shows Flash getting hit by lightnings, lightning. It says he was in a coma for a few days. And then he's running and he's the Flash. He goes and talks to his dad, who at the end of New 52, he was able to get out of prison for being set up for his mother's death. It's really just kind of, really quickly, this is what it is. This is what we're doing. As an entry point, it actually works pretty well. It does. It, it's a great entry point. Um, it, it also kind of one part where the Flash saves people and he buys them pizza. That's very Flash. That's very Barry Allen. Yes. Um, then halfway through the book, we get to the Wally scene from New Fifty Two. It has them talking. It has them looking uh, like around, and they 
think about going to see Iris. Barry starts running off because he wants to tell Iris. Wally stops him. So that's something that's going to be played out eventually is the Iris-Wally setup, like what happened to him. Um, Barry gets to the Batcave. They are talking about the um, uh, the smiley face uh, pen. Yeah, and they're talking about it and they're looking at it. They also have the note that Thomas Wayne wrote for Bar uh, Bruce Wayne from the Flashpoint universe that shows up. So it's it's there's a couple things, and then it ends with um, a, a lightning figure outside of this new home. So it really it and that's setting up the the film in the next in this yeah, arc in the first arc of the Flashbook. So you know, as a book, there is no story except this is everything that's happened. Um, the only thing I would note, and I, I read it again this morning, and I was like, why does it in there? What, what does that matter? They're talking about Star Labs and Argus have an agreement not to experiment with the Speed Force. And I was, you know, I was, when I first read that, I was like, okay, that explains it because they used that in the first story arc. But I was thinking about that, and, you know, you can help me with this. Why, at this point, who, who has access to the Speed Force? Eobard Thawne in the New 52 universe never had access. His powers derive from his ability to slow time, and therefore he speeds up. So it's really only the Flash. Yep. Wally is technically connected to it a little bit, we see, um, but the new Wally, not the old Wally. But we, nobody knows that. So, how was Star Labs and Argus even going to attempt to experiment with the Speed Force? Wouldn't they have to approach the Flash first? It really, it's, I think, it goes back to that comic book logic. It is, because it plays you, in the next story. You need a way to tell this. Yeah. So you kind of sprinkle a little magic on there. Yeah. And, you know, I've never heard of any science where they're like, yeah, we're just not going to look into this. Uh, <laughs> NASA and ESA agreed we're not going <laughs> to look at this comet. Uh, okay. It's, it's, it's you know, it's comic book logic. Um, kind of have to go with it. Yeah, you kind of got to go with it. And it works to an extent when you're like, okay. Um, okay, so... That's Flash uh, Rebirth. Um, I was actually bagging and boarding books, and I was looking at this book the other day, and I hate the idea that they went, they, they had a book, a Flash, a Rebirth book for every book, because if you look at it, I wasn't able because it's Flash, it's Rebirth Flash number one. When I was organizing my books, I was like, which one is the number one for this volume? And I was, and it had, it took me a moment to actually see Rebirth, the Flash, or the Flash Rebirth. And then on the actual Flash number one, it's the it's Rebirth, Flash and number one. It, it's just the way the order. It just yes. it threw me off. You gotta pay attention. You do because I. And not only that, but it's it's not only the the first Flash Rebirth. There's other there's the there's other Rebirth there's flash. other Rebirth flashes. Out yeah, there. and I I collect all Flash books, so I was meticulously the other day. I was making sure that volume. My volume one books and my volume two books were where they're supposed to be because I was adding volume five, this latest volume. So I have one, two, three, four, and five volumes all on one shelf, and I was trying to make sure they're all together. And I was just like, wait, what is this? What are we doing? Um, but that's just one of the annoyances of. At least I'm not a Marvel fan, and I'm collecting like, is that like ten volumes? Where it restarts, stops, like, restarts. Yeah, restarts, stops in like a year. So but what would you give it uh, point value? Five. Five. 
It's standard, middle of the road. I would give it the same thing. It, it's not bad. It's not bad. You, what I think knocks it down is I is that you get a lot of rehash from the actual rebirth issue. Yes, I've been a fan of the Flash for ever since I started watching the Justice League cartoon twelve years ago, more, no, fourteen years ago. So I knew all this. So it was more for new fans. Yes. If I was a new fan, I would love it. The one thing I'd say that it's, it's got going for it is I like the art, the artist. The art's good. It took me a little bit to get in, to get into him. I'm a big face guy where how faces and the emotion on the face, and it takes just a little bit to get into the sharp angles that he does. I love the lightning. But he does do a really good job when Flash is running in the lightning. And the other thing is the the writer Williamson. Yeah. He's actually he's a really good writer. I like Williamson. I, I saw an interview with him about this uh, first arc, and he he seems like a guy who has passion for the character, and I appreciate that because. I think the Flash, and the reason we're doing the Flash is one because it's my favorite character. But I think the Flash is also um, one of the least well-known. Yeah, he's kind of at least among general people. Yeah, he's kind of pushed back. And when you think about the Justice League, he's uh-huh. kind of pushed back. He's not Aquaman level pushback, yeah. but yeah. no one's Aquaman. Well, well I think Aquaman. I think Aquaman is more famous because of the jokes. Yes. Among like you know, if my mom wanted like to talk about superheroes, I don't know if she knows anything about the Flash. No, but she could tell you Superman's Clark Kent, Batman's Bruce Wayne, Batman's Rich. She could tell you shit like that. She probably tell you Superman's from Kansas. Yeah, yeah. stuff like that. And he's but a Kryptonian. She, but if you go to the Flash, she goes, I have, we should go, I have no idea. Yeah, I know. Even though I think he's from Kansas or Missouri. One of the two. Yeah. Because the, the Twin Cities sit right across the river. Anyway, we're on Flash too long. Let's go to Batman. Okay, so in the Batman Rebirth... It's written by Scott Snyder, who did the previous mm-hmm. New 52. He was the pretty much the only writer that stayed on a book the entirety from the beginning to the end on the New 52, except for I can think of Jeff Johns on Justice, Justice League. Yeah. But he, it also had the only artist that stayed on, and that's Greg Capullo. On and off. On and off, but he like, was consistently there. And yeah. Greg Capullo is my favorite artist. Yeah. Um, a little background on this is that in this, Batman had died in the New 52 and come back and he had amnesia and Jim Gordon had taken over as as Batman, as this police-sanctioned Batman. That sounds so ridiculous when you say it like I that. I know, it does. He had amnesia and he died and he came back. This is a soap opera. It's soap opera for teenage boys like us, like, like in young men like us who are like in their 20s and 30s and are like, ooh, Flash came back yeah. to life too. I love it. And then he ends up regaining his memory uh-huh. and he becomes Batman again. And so this is kind of like a new starting point for the character. Yeah. And the way this does is... Are they still basing on the idea that he doesn't know his martial arts still? He has all of his memories. Everything up to the point where he became Batman originally. Those are all the memories he regained. So he has the mem- But he doesn't remember the last seven years he was Batman? Yes. Okay. If we're going according to new what New 52 said, because he used the machine that gave him... It stored all of his memories up to the point where he decides to be Batman. Okay. Where he sees the bat come in through the window and he goes, yeah. I will be a bat. So, what's going on in the rebirth is is dealing with a villain, a villain called Calendar Man. Yes. And his name's Julian Day. And it comes from the Julian calendar. Julian calendar. Very obvious. I yes, know. it is. It's obvious. It's and fun, though. Originally, the character was set up so that he, he, he was a killer that killed based on the days of the month. Well, they've now changed it in this where he is a, a character who, in the spring, he's young. 
in the summer he's he's kind of an adult in the fall he's starting to age and in the winter he dies yeah and he's a cycle and then he's reborn he doesn't and then he's die reborn. He doesn't live for a year and then he reborns and he goes in like a cocoon state and he molts and comes out very zen yes and he what he's doing is he releases these spores in gotham mm -hmm. and it's killing people and batman's trying to stop them and what this book is what i think they're really trying to do with this book is this idea that batman is internal and that it that when one story ends eternal eternal yes. not internal not okay. internal to me eternals when one story ends or when one batman character ends another one begins it's the same thing that uh, neil gaiman did and whatever happened to the cape crusader was the idea that when batman when one batman dies you have another batman and it's still bruce wayne it's kind of the same idea they did with um, batman beyond in the cartoon or even maybe you could say the flash i mean if you read the old wally books barry became the flash because of in his world a cartoon of Jay Garrick. Yes. And then Wally took it from him. And then Bart Allen took it from him. The only difference is, is it's Bruce Wayne every single time, pretty much. Oh, yeah. That would be the only difference. And this kind of happens, too, in with, uh, with a scene where Batman's talking with Lucius Fox, talking mm -hmm. about how everything, something goes bad, you, we fix it, and then we restart and go back. It's very Simpsons episode. Yes. And that's, I think that's the, cru that's the scene that's the crux of the... Of the of the book is when you have Batman doing the, the pull-ups hanging off the, the Wayne Tower yeah. 100 stories up. 100 stories <laughs> up, yeah. And they're talking. And then it's also introducing, not really introducing the character of Duke Thomas. Yeah, yeah. But it's introducing him in this new way, what they're doing with it. It's reintroducing It's reintroducing him. him with what kind of what they're doing with the rebirth and with is what they're going to be doing with this series. Is We Are Robin still going? No, that ended. So okay. he was originally a character in We Are Robin who were a group of, of teenagers that came together and became Robins when Bruce Wayne died to protect, to protect Gotham. Even more Robins to kill. <laughs> Dozens. Doesn't help that all of the Robins have died at one point pretty yeah. much. Except for maybe Dick. Well, at this point, and particularly within the New 52 universe, Batman's been Batman for six years, seven years, and he's had five Robins. That's a horrible, like, average rate and, of Robins. And Damien's, like, ten years old. Eight, yeah. ten years old. And he's already died. And he's already died. And came back. Came back. So, I mean, we've, we've killed off a couple Robins. Um, I'm going to give the book... I'm going to give it a... Five. I think it's average. I, oh, no, I'm going to go four. I don't care for what they did with Calendar Man. I'm going to give it a four also. I don't like what they did with Calendar Man, and I don't like some of the interactions that they have where Bruce is doing things, especially doing the pull-ups off of Wayne Towers. If you're trying to hide the fact that you're Batman, you don't want to be the guy saying, oh, there's Bruce Wayne doing pull-ups, yeah. hundred stories up. Yeah. That's something Batman would do. That do. is something Batman could do. And you know what? I was reading um, Zero Year this morning, and... Um, Gordon stops by Batman's little bunker at Crime Alley and he's like, you know, I heard there's a vigilante around town with a lot of toys and devices. And he's like, is there now? And he's like, you know, well don't interact with them. And I'm like, dude, you are two seconds away from solving this crime. <laughs> and exactly, if you're hanging off a building yeah, doing push-ups it's, it's obvious. He's not making it hard. On the one thing I will say about this is Janin is the artist. He uh -huh. did Grayson. 
he is a great artist. He is. You will see him later on in the Batman books. Yeah. Once we get into the I Am Suicide. Yeah. Um, arc. This, he's good. I like him. Yes. But standard. Do you know the thing I don't like about the book? It doesn't really set up the first arc. It doesn't. No. It's so it's its own thing. If you're jumping into this book as like setup point for for Batman, it really doesn't set do it up that. at all. If I was a new reader and I bought this book and then I bought Batman One, I would have no idea why I bought the first book. Yeah, because there's really no point to it. It doesn't really do anything to give you the background of the yeah. character. You don't learn. It doesn't tell you about his parents dying. It doesn't yeah. tell you about any of the other Robins, really. No. And it doesn't set up any of the old characters, which is one of the things we didn't say about Rebirth, is that they've changed some of the old characters. Like with Joker, they've now created three Jokers. <laughs> yeah, three Jokers. And why is it necessary to have three Jokers? Can I tell you something? If they were really thinking far ahead and somebody really wanted to be an asshole, they would have done four Jokers, and there's like the Joker of clubs, the Joker of time, and <laughs> the Joker of like hearts. <laughs> really like mess with us like a really big like eh to the fans and the other big thing with this too is that New 52 Batman was so Joker heavy oh yeah I love Joker it's my favorite villain but there comes a point in time where you gotta stop Scott Snyder pretty much wrote every arc with the Joker in it except for Court except City for, yep Court City the, the Clayface the two the issue two Clay, issue the yeah. two issue Clayface arc and then the back end of Zero and Zero City. Zero year? He pops up because he's Red Hood. Yeah. What did you say? Zero, Zero City. City. What's that? It's the second. It's like when they did with Court of Owls, where you had Court of Owls, City Owls. He's in that. I'm pretty sure. I'm reading it. In Zero year? City. I don't he's know. He's in Zero Year is the first half. Zero City is the second half. I'm reading the second half. He's in it. He's in the first. If issue. He does that annual. That's oh. The, the one annual that. Yeah. He okay. In. Okay. So he's like, not in the rest. I don't really count that. Okay. Annual. Okay. So uh, then you have Endgame, which is the entirety of the Joker. Yeah, it's Joker being pissed off because Batman shunned him. <laughs> he doesn't like me. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I should note, Snyder, you know, has admitted that his favorite villain is the Joker. I've, I've read it. I've, I've listened to an interview he did, did. So, but it's... I think... As good of a writer as he was, I think he could have explored other options. Yeah, there was other things he could have done. And uh, luckily enough for us, he's doing new all-star Batman. And we can talk about that down the line. Yes. I will say, though, that he probably did my, I think, what is the greatest Joker story with Death of the Family. Death of the Family, yes, yeah. that is by far my favorite story. That's a good one. Um, so now we're going to move into... Uh, this third act of ours of our show is kind of going to be random things we want to talk about. And Aaron and I had the opportunity. We went to see Dr. Strange. Who they want away. Yeah, they want to contact Dormammu in the Dark Realm. So they believe that once you enter the Dark Realm, you, you get eternal immortal. life. It's, a, it's immortality. Yeah. I heard a lot of people bitching about the Marvel... Um, Method. Method. You know, they, they know what they're doing, they write the book, or not, they write their script, and it, it's a, it, it has a story arc that works. They, fly, they hit plot points. They go bam, bam, bam. Yes. And, and it works, in my b- a belief. Yes, I don't have a problem with the Marvel method. I, I, I know there are people out there who are bitching because maybe they don't like the character or they don't like the movie, but it was a great movie. 
I will um, say the ending was I really like the ending. I didn't see the ending coming. Yes. Where he he so what it is is in the dark realm, time doesn't exist. Yeah, and, and he brings he time. brings time as so they get caught in the time loop. I've actually seen it twice now. I don't know if I told you that. I went and seen it with yes. uh, my wife and one of her friends from work, and they both loved it. Kate was surprised because she's been kind of down and because of Civil War. She doesn't like it when heroes fight. Uh, my wife is in, likes comic book characters. She likes watches the shows, but she doesn't read books. But that was one of her downsides, and that's why she wouldn't see Doctor Strange. What no heroes fight in it. They fight the bad guy, and I think it it works. It's Marvel just saying like, look, we know what you want. There's a reason why they're at 14. Yes. 14 movies, I, I just, shows. I just checked the um, uh, budget and box office. It's at half a billion box office. 504 million. Yeah. So, I mean, when you consider how quickly it got there, it's it's doing pretty well. Any other thoughts or ideas about the movie? On that one, I wouldn't. I don't really have anything else to go with it. If you don't like the Marvel method, you're probably not going to like the movie, though. But can I tell you something? It's sitting at 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. I know there are problems with the Rotten Tomatoes like the methodology. Way they evaluate. Yeah. yeah, but the one thing you can say about the method, they apply it evenly to all movies. You know what I mean? So it's an even playing field. It's either rotten or fresh. And they they take those you know reviews and they add them up. Yeah, we'll eventually get into when some other DC movies come out. Getting into talking about the DC yeah. ones. My wife actually just bought the extended edition on, of Suicide Squad last night. It came out on digital download for our cable provider, and we were like looking for the new scenes. They are crap. I know. I heard there's like nothing in it. There's 13 minutes of it, and it's it's scattered throughout. And the scenes that have meat to them. They don't do anything for the characters. So it's not like uh, the ultimate edition for Batman vs Superman, where it it's worse. It's worse. It's worse. I, I it doesn't add like I think the ultimate edition, the ultimate edition plus some like rewatching. I finally figured out everything that's going on in Batman in Batman v Superman. With this, I, it was just meaningless crap, in my opinion. Like you could have cut it out. That's the reason why they cut it out. You'll hear us talk about Batman vs Superman and not in a great light. No. <laughs> DC. Throughout I love DC. I'm a DC person. I am too. But their film wise I have not been happy. No. Like they have uh, I brought up Rotten Tomatoes because Suicide Squad sitting at like 26%. 26. Doctor Strange is at 90%. I'm just and this is Marvel's 14th movie, yes. Yeah, movie, TV show. Who knows? Yes. They're all doing great. But so I think that's... Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about, Aaron? Nothing I can think of. Okay. Um, that's going to be a wrap for today. Um, we have a Facebook account called Batman and Flash Podcast. If you want to search for that, you can. And like us on Facebook. Um, you can also find us on... I'm not entirely sure yet of our... Um, uh, our Podbean account. I believe it's going to be The Flash Pod at Podbean, um, and the reason was I had a Flash podcast that Aaron didn't do with me, but now that we're doing this together, um, they wouldn't let me rename it, but they would let me rename the title. So even on that, it is, if you search Podbean's website, it should be The Flash and Batman Podcast, but it's going to be the Flash Pod at Podbean.com is the address in the server. So you can search for that, and I'm also going to try to share this on other 
um, podcast to see if they'll kind of get the word out. Um, but yeah, is that anything else you want to say? No, thanks, right. You guys have a good night.